Is That Really in the Bible? presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Well, good afternoon. This may sound like a weird title for a sermon, but uh, it's something I've been working on for about 20 years, actually. Um, and the title is, Will I Ever See My Favorite Pet Again? Um, I say I've been working on it about 20 years because uh, about 20 years ago we had a favorite dog uh, died. His name was Butch. He was a Labrador retriever. And uh, he really meant a lot to me. But I noticed just recently on Facebook uh, a lot of people in God's church posting things about pets and cats and dogs that they have lost. And uh, of course Patricia lost her dog recently. And uh, Jeff Taylor, I was talking to him at uh, the Statesful Church and he said he this cat that he had and he said you know at the end of its life it just it made a mess everywhere and he had to, he had to clean up for it and he said I but I didn't mind cleaning up for the cat and he said you know I really love that cat and and we actually got to talking about this very subject you know would some of our favorite pets would we ever get to see them again uh, you ever notice that people start to look like their pets <laughs> over time now, there, and Tim and Alicia, now when you go back home, uh, right on the, I was going to put a picture up, but it's a real estate agent, a uh, big banner on the right, right before you get to the GMC place on the left. And she's holding a dog, and I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not saying she looks like a dog, but I, I'm just saying that the eyes, the hair, it's like they look like each other. I mean, how, but I've noticed that, that people especially to get older, they start looking like they're pets. But the fundamental teaching that I had grown up with, and, and I'm not saying I disagree with this, is that, that pets don't have souls, or we might say spirits, and, uh, and God, of course, is not interested in resurrecting all the animals. It's, it's totally unnecessary. Uh, and I, I, I agree with that, but, and uh, I understand that, but I think when you're dealing maybe with a child, uh, a 12-year-old child, and you just say things like, well, you'll never see that pet again, you know, because God's not interested in resurrecting pets, there may be a better way to handle that, is what I'm saying. There may be a better way to handle that. Now, at age 12, I had a pet duck. Instead of puppy love, it was ducky love. <laughs> and I don't know why I loved that duck. It was, we called it, or Ansel called it creature, the creature, and it was a creature. I mean, it was a, a weird animal. It was white, fluffy, and it would waddle across the yard. It would swim in our pond, and how it lasted five minutes in that pond is beyond me, because there were snapping turtles that big that people would catch. But it survived the swim in the pond. But one morning, it was, uh, we found it dead in the yard, a fox or a weasel or something had attacked, you know, and, and it was dead. And I cried, and I, I told my mother, I said, I said, I can't go to school today. And she made me go anyway. It was actually a good lesson. <laughs> and I told people at school, I said, I, I lost my duck. And, you know, I really didn't get much compassion or sympathy. No. It's like, you know, well, ducks die all the time. I mean, what's, what's the big deal, you know? And uh, so anyway, but... Uh, how could I be so close to a duck is, is the question. But, and I want to tell you what basically, you know, that was at age 12. But I'll tell you what I think of that duck today and a little bit after at the end of this message. But 
You know, pets do get close to us. It's like the, the uh, shirt I saw. It said, the more people I meet, the more I like my dog. <laughs> and, you know, pets have certain personalities. And, and uh, I have a cat that is like me. He's just like me. His name is Renegade. And uh, he, when people come over, he goes and runs and hides in the closet. <laughs> now, that's what I want to do. But I don't really do that. I mean... You know, I, I, there's a, you know, I got a, I got a sign on the back of my door that said, I'd like to help you out. Which way did you come in? I mean, <laughs> but this animal, it's just like me. He runs and hides. When I started several, about a year ago, I was, I started losing some weight. And it, you know, and there, I got scared of that. You know, I kept, kept, I would weigh every day, about 25 times a day, I'd weigh. No, just kidding. But uh, that was my blood pressure. Uh, uh, but I, and then my cat started losing weight. He started, and we said, well, he's skinny. You're skinny. What, what is going on here? I mean, this cat is, is, is like it's part of me or something. And, uh, yeah, you know, Ron Dart talked about going to a pet cemetery. And he said that on those tombstones that he saw more emotional expressions of love than he had ever seen at a cemetery. You know, cemetery, dust to dust, and that's it, you know, that, you know. In hopes of the resurrection. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm just saying that, that in that pet cemetery, there were deep expressions of love. And I've written down a few. When tomorrow starts without me, this is a pet cemetery, by the way. Don't, 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 this is not humans, but this is a pet. <laughs> okay. When tomorrow starts without me, don't think we're far apart. For every time you think of me, I'm right here inside your heart. <laughs> Another one. If tears could build a stairway and memories a lane, I'd walk right up to heaven and bring you home again. And it's, you know, people, some people do believe that their pets go, go to heaven and then that they'll be reunited once again. And... You know, I don't, you know, sometimes, you, you know, maybe a misconception, it's best just to leave that alone and not, not, not go and try to explain certain things. You know, it may be just best to just, to, there's a time to be quiet, you know. And uh, on that tombstone, there was, a, there was a bunch of pets. It was Sir Taffy, Happy Day, Mr. Lucky. That had to be a cat right there, Mr. Lucky, you know, seven lives or whatever. Missy was another name. And then there was a, a tombstone, Bubba. And that's got to be a dog. Probably a bulldog. Bull, Bubba. But uh, you are my best friend and loyal companion. Memories we share together will last forever in my heart. And then there was a, sort of the tragic time that, uh, you know, we had, we've had piles of pets and dogs and rabbits. We had a pet rabbit. What was his name? Cadbury? Cadbury. And Teresa would buy that thing, treats. Every time she was going, went to the grocery store, she'd buy that pet rabbit a treat. It was, uh, what was those things that smelled wonderful? The, um, they had a uh, yogurt treats for rabbits. I mean, they smelled wonderful. I wanted to eat one. And, uh, <laughs> And anyway, she kept bringing these, these things home. And I said, Teresa, that rabbit is eating better than we are. We've got to do something about this, you know. And uh, so Cadbury, and, and um, but 
we had a dog, a caramel, that had a bad habit of getting underneath the car. And I don't know why, I think dogs do that because maybe the engine's warm and they want to crawl underneath there. And, and, and Teresa backed up, backed up over the dog. And it was a Sunday, so we took it to the emergency vet center in Roanoke. Getting ready to spend a lot of money, by the way. And, uh, and, and they did the x-rays and, and they said, at her age, we would recommend putting her down. And so we went ahead and, and, and put her down. And about a week later, they sent us a card where everybody there, the whole staff had signed. I was so touched by that. And the front of the card said, may the light of your dear pet's memory shine brightly and bring you comfort. Then on the inside where everybody had signed, it says, grieve not nor speak of me with tears, but laugh and talk of me as if I were beside you. I loved you so. Twas heaven here with you. I thought, wow. You know, you can make, you know, pets can make your life more fulfilling, but it works both ways, you know, by the way. And, and, and when I read this, it was as if my old dog, you know, was talking back to me. It was heaven here with you <laughs> as we were together. And, uh, but anyway, so let's take a look at what the Bible says about this subject. We do want to use the Bible as a source. Uh, in, in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 19, Solomon begins to talk about a subject here. He says, For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Every one thing befalleth them. As the one dies, so dies the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man has no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. And all go into one place. All are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Now, if we just stopped right there, you might say, well, well Solomon is saying there's not much difference between an animal and a, and a human. But I think what he's saying is he's referring to the body. The body of these, whether you're talking about an animal or a human, they, you, know, you know what happens to them when they die. They just return to the dust. It's the decaying process. They return to the dust of the earth. If we continue to read, though, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 21, it says, Who knows the spirit of man that goes upward and the spirit of a beast that goes downward to the earth? That's interesting that he refers to the spirit of a beast. You know, the spirit of a beast. Uh, that's interesting. But it basically, it just means, it basically means the breath of life. Okay? The, the breath, breath of life. But he is obviously making a distinction between the two. He's saying, you know, man, that's, that, that spirit goes back to God, goes upward, let's say. And for, he, for uh, pets, dogs, they, they go downward. And so he is making a distinction there. Now, let's look at Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 7. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 7. And this is talking about men and women, human beings. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 7 Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. Again, we always, you know, Solomon already touched on that. He, he said, you know, they both, they both return to the dust. And the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. That is the spirit of man returns to God who gave it. So, the, you know, you might say the breath of life returns back to God who gave it. 
We know in Genesis 2 and verse 7, you don't have to turn there, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the earth, the ground, there it is again, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Okay. So if that breath of life returns to God who gave it, he can give it back to you at the resurrection. At the resurrection. Actually, the saints, okay, the saints are promised a new spirit body that doesn't even require breath, as far as that is concerned, doesn't require a heart, doesn't require blood flowing through the veins. So that, that's going to be a brand new type of experience, one that I'm looking forward to, by the way, so much so. I love the thought of immortality. Nobody able to kill you. <laughs> Bullets going straight through you, whatever. Uh, wouldn't that be cool? I mean, just I'm getting off the thought here, but wouldn't that be cool in dealing with, with bad people, immortality, you know, like the mafia? You know, they got their machine guns and all that, you know, and you just go in there and you, you have, you're fearless because you are immortal. <laughs> I guess sort of like a Superman movie or something like that where they, but anyway, I, I like that concept. Okay, I'm getting off subject here. All right. Will I ever see my favorite pet again? Now, I want to say this. I talked about my duck, Ducky Love. <laughs> His name was Downey. At, at my age right now, I have no desire to see my duck again. Things have changed since I was 12. <laughs> and there's a, there's a lot of pets that we have had. I, I told you about a few of them. And my, I would say most of them. I really have no desire to see them again. They were a part of my life at a certain age, and you know, they, you know, not all pets weigh upon your emotions like others, you know, but some do. I know Ron Dart once told a story about young people, you know, in their teens and looking forward to the kingdom of God and being turned in from flesh to spirit. And they were sort of concerned that the young people were, they said, well, wait a minute, you know, uh, will I be able to drive my car 80 miles an hour and hear the tire squall and punch it and kick it and go back up to 120? And, and will I be able to do all these things in the kingdom? And, and Ron's response was, well, you know, if, if you want to, you probably can, but I can almost guarantee you that will not be an issue when you're in the kingdom as a spirit being. Uh, so I thought that was a pretty good answer. But as of right now, there is a pet. Of course, Renegade hadn't died yet, so I guess he, I can't count him. But there is a pet that I'd love to see again. His name was Butch. Butch was a Labrador, Labrador retriever. He was, he, we called him the good old boy. Um, he was the most laid back dog you'd ever seen. He was just so cool. I would throw rocks in the pond and he would get those rocks. He never got tired, of, you know, they loved the water. He'd stick his big old head in there and get that rock out. Uh, he loved to ride in the back of the truck too. And he would stick his head around the edge of the truck so he could see where he's going. He had big jaws and that one side of that jaw would fill up with air. <laughs> and I would look back and just laugh at him. <laughs> and, uh, uh, 
And he got into a bad habit of uh, wanting to go over to my mother-in-law's because there were people over there and there were other dogs over there and he, he liked people and dogs. And, uh, <laughs> and so we would take him back, Teresa often would take him back in the trunk of the car. And he didn't mind riding in the trunk, you know, just put him in the trunk, shut it down, and come back, let him out. Well, one evening she took him home and, and we got busy doing something. And I forget, we forgot about he was in the trunk. And we woke up in the morning, and I think she screamed out, Butch! And uh, we ran out the door and opened the trunk, and there he was. And he did not jump out immediately. He just sort of lay there and stuck his head up, looked around, jumped out of the trunk. You know, he'd been sleeping. You know. This was the coolest laid-back dog I've ever had in my life. I loved that dog. And uh, so will I ever see Butch again? Well, you know, there, there, there are scriptures in the Bible that, that we could might apply to this. Uh, Matthew 7 and verse 7. Matthew 7 and verse 7. It says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh it shall be opened. What man is there of you whom, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, and I love this statement, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that, them that ask him? What would I deny my child? Well, something that I knew was bad, I would deny my child, you know, if I knew it was bad. But, you know, there's a psalm uh, that you don't have to turn there, Psalms 84 and verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold with them that walk uprightly. And so I'm talking about a time at the resurrection when we will walk perfectly with the Lord. And I'm really talking, what I'm really talking about is just a simple, open, loving relationship with your father. That's really what I'm talking about. You know, you, you probably have some people in your life right now, and it may not be a lot, but that if you were to go to them and ask them to do something, they would do it, no matter what it was. Now, you don't have a lot of people like that, but there are some people that I could call on, that you could call on and say, I need this, and they would do it for you. Good to have those people. Now, I want to digress just a little bit and read a little story and then try to tie it in to the end of this message. 2 Kings 6 and verse 4. It's about the floating axe head. I don't know why that story fascinates me, but it does. <laughs> mm -hmm. 2 Kings 6 and verse 4. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was falling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee, and put out, and he put out his hand and took it. You ever wonder why stories like this are in the Bible? You know? To me, as I read this story, there, there's, a, there's, a, 
there is an emotional connection to the man that lost the axe head. He was deeply concerned about the axe head because you couldn't just go to Lowe's and pick one of these up. You know, you know, I'll get another one for twenty dollars. I mean, an axe head. You know, I took a blacksmith shop in school, and I loved getting that steel, you know, cherry red, and then taking a hammer and beating it into shape. I never made an axe head, but that would have been a job, and especially getting out that piece, the centerpiece where the uh, where the handle goes. But you know, I can imagine what an axe head would have been, the value of an axe head back, back then, and how long it would have taken to make and build an axe head. And, and so this guy is concerned that it was barred, it is not mine, and I am deeply concerned about this. And, and God, in his power, makes the axe head to float. You know, just an idea. Somewhere out there, some creek, some river, some some somewhere, there's an axe head floating right now. <laughs> and uh, of course, you know, if we saw that, what would we, what would we think? You know, Jesus said, "When I return, will I even find faith on earth?" You know, we'd probably think, "Well, it's probably a stick holding it up, or it's probably a fishing line holding it up. It's not really floating. I'm not seeing what I'm really seeing." But uh, <clears throat> my point is this: If God can make an axe head float, He can see to it that you get to see your favorite pet again. And you know, I, I can say that with absolute confidence concerning my dog, Butch. You know, that, that, that I can say, you know, when, when, it, when this time comes, if it still means something to me, right now I'd like to see him again. But if it still means something in the resurrection, and when, and when all you know, is said and done, if it still means something to me, and I say, Father, I would like to see my good old boy again. His name was Butch. Will you resurrect him? And I think God would say, hey, let me give you the power to resurrect him. You know where the tombstone's at. I mean, you know where the graveyard, I know the graveyard is in my backyard right now. Why don't you go there and raise him from the dead? I know, I have absolute confidence that God would say, yeah, you can do that. Absolute confidence. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's not about doctrine. It's not about theology. It's not about thus says the Lord. It's simply about the goodness of God. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to is that really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.